0: Welcome to What's the Word Downtown, a weekly podcast dedicated to mining the depth of the word. A word that's sharp and active in downtown Tyler, Texas. Join Eric, Matt, and Mike as we get the word out at
1: Bethel. Hey, good morning and welcome to What's the Word? Downtown Downtown. Bethel Bible Church. My name is Pastor Eric Barton. It's actually not my given name. I'm just Eric Barton. I happen to be a pastor, but I am with Pastor Matt McGill, also not his name, but he is a pastor. And this past Sunday at Bethel, Matt led us through Mark chapter 2 and into Mark chapter 3 as we're talking about the gospel according to Mark, and Matt led us through a series of vignettes in Mark chapter 2, opening up with Jesus healing a paralytic. And so that's the first vignette that we're introduced to, yeah. but they're sort of sequential. And so when you preached this last Sunday, what was sort of in your mind, what was the thread or the theme that was bringing these things together? And then I want to walk through them.
0: Well, I think that, I think that, the, that what we have is a king who is revealing his kingdom. Mm. And he's revealing his kingdom through healing, reconciliation, cleansing, uh, all of these different elements of what it is to have a new kingdom right smack dab in the middle of an old kingdom. Yeah. So what you find is acceptance of that new kingdom and resistance to that new kingdom, okay. uh, sometimes in the same people. Uh, but you know, starting out with the healing of the paralytic, one of the main ideas was the sense that for some reason, which is not a some reason, Uh, here is Jesus. He's healing people. The word is getting out that the power of God or the power of healing is present and it's in Capernaum. We got to go. So that there's, Mm. there's a flood of people and we don't know that they want salvation. We don't know that they call him Messiah or that they even care about his teachings, but it's sort of a Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. they know they need to be healed. And so they're crushing in, they're they're moving toward, and it does say that he's teaching inside this house as well. So he's, he's, he's healing them, giving them bread, and teaching them what real nourishment looks like at the same time. Uh, and the people are pressing in. So you have a group of four who now are going to have to find a new way in because these crowds, and a lot of times it, it was crowds, right, that crucified Christ. So yeah. when we hear about crowds, there's what is a great book out called The Madness of Crowds. And we see that when, when crowds gather, uh, typically it's under some sort of ideological notion uh, or, or, or desire. And th- those can be oftentimes violent. They can be um, uh, 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 they can upend, they can be revolutionary. We we just don't know that we trust crowds. And I, I know that crowds end <laughs> up killing Christ, but individuals Christ loves. And so what we see with this first uh, healing is that um, it's not the man getting in himself. In fact, he's absolutely lifeless. He is lowered down by faith by four of his friends. And so there's something that has happened that is moving itself out socially. Okay. That it's, you know...
1: So nothing draws a crowd like a crowd. There's people that are crushing around to see what is the new spectacle. Mm -hmm. Because let's face it, 2,000 years ago, life in the ancient Near East, particularly in the northern area of the Galilee in this backwater, busy fishing port, Capernaum, but really nothing has changed in decades. Mm -hmm. Nothing really happens that's of note. And then this rabbi shows up. And so you're right. The crowds press in, and the crowds press in on the crowds, and the crowd ends up picking on, in a sense, a life of its own. And so Jesus is in the house in Capernaum, which is very likely, very possibly, the house of Peter's mother-in-law. We don't know. Mm -hmm. That's where uh, at least his family lived. And so Jesus is teaching, and it's drawing the locals, but as we'll find out in the story that you preached, it's also drawing some authorities, quote-unquote, uh, of, of the status quo, mm-hmm. some authorities of the way things have always been, some authorities of this is just how we do things around here, and he's teaching something. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a sermon is always a finite amount of time, or at yep. least it should be, yeah. <laughs> and so you didn't get into it, and the text is not explicit, but we talked about it is the a few things that Jesus says that really... Uh, raises the dander mm-hmm. of some of these authorities. So the the tell me about the scene of this paralytic because it's a familiar story to us, and yet, man, there's a lot going on here. So tell well, me about the, the mean, scene. The
0: linchpin question is uh, which is easier, right? Because this he knows and he and he, and he intuits that and because he can read hearts, mm-hmm. uh, he knows that these scribes are uh, questioning, and he says, "You're questioning in your hearts," which I found to be gr- very tender. Do you know, because because he's speaking to their hearts by saying, "I perceive that you are questioning in your hearts." So let me answer you. <laughs>
1: it's tender, but on the other hand, it's also terrifying. Sure, because he because he knows their because hearts. he knows. I mean, there's a great passage in the yeah. Old Testament where the grumbling that happens in their hearts in their tents, God hears and he judges. Mm. Now that's terrifying. There's okay. nothing hidden. And yet, I think you're also right that man, the heart of God in Christ goes out to these people.
0: Because,
1: mm-hmm. do you really care about this suffering man,
0: or do you only care about your your, uh, your strictures?
1: Yeah, and that's where we talked about St- the difference between
0: the difference between obedience to God, which would have us loving people, and obedience to God's law, which. Turns us in on ourselves, mm-hmm. concerned with what we're doing rather than what has been done for us. We're yeah. talking about a new covenant, and that's what he's really preaching to. So when he's when he says, "Which is easier for me to say, get up your mat, get up, take your mat and walk, or rise, take your mat and walk, uh, or your sins are forgiven?" Well, they were really upset because he had said your sins are forgiven.
1: But don't you think it's a bit? I mean, there's no way to tease this out sure. entirely, but isn't it sort of a trick question? Like which is easier to tell this guy to get up and walk, who's clearly a paralytic, or to forgive sins. You kinda want to say, Well, neither. They're both an impossibility. They're both an impossibility. But he
0: doesn't but he but he uses the word, at least in the ESV, which is easier to say. Mm -hmm. And I keyed in on that because Jesus is the word. Absolutely. So when his when he speaks, his word is causative. Mm -hmm. So he's not saying which is easier for you to say. Right. He's saying which is easier for me to say. And the the, the the what Jesus knows is that to say your sins are forgiven will cost him his life. Right. And, right. and and more than just his life. He will become something that he is not, that we can become something that we're not.
1: So to tie it back to, <clears throat> and I love the way you open this up with the the breaking forth of a new kingdom in the midst of an old kingdom, mm-hmm. or the breaking forth of a light in darkness, is how John will put it. So just from this one vignette so far, sure, how and why and I'm going to hit you with a loaded question. Yeah, come on, but why is this the gospel? Well, I, I think I think
0: it's all in when he says, I tell you, get up, rise, take your mat and walk." I think it's the gospel because Jesus' word empowers us mm. to rise, take our mat and walk and I didn't spend too much time on it, but I found uh, the take up your mat, was not so different than pick up your cross and follow me. That, that to me was very, very helpful because this mat is a place, of, and it was something Ross said in the teaching team that, mm-hmm. that really hit it, but this mat is a place of suffering for him. If, if, if you were to say to me, rise, Take up your mat and walk. I would say, I love the rise piece, and I don't mind the walk piece, but I want to leave this mat right. here. Yeah. I don't want to have anything to do with my suffering, with my brokenness. But the thing is, is that, you know, he will crush the head of the serpent, but it will bruise his heel. Mm-hmm. And to live and move and have our being in Christ is predicated on the idea that we that we endure a cross because we believe in resurrection, and so to pick up your mat and walk is to take your broken sorry self with you so that you can, as a reminder that you also carry within you the healing
1: of God so suffering is not losing no we are now free to suffer in joy and suffer redemptively and that's that requires the enormity the atomic, Bomb that is the gospel because life is suffering and is. and God is not going to change that right. So God does not remove suffering right from within. He Trojan horses it. He accompanies and says, us through it. "Yeah, I'm going to change your whole perspective and mindset on suffering. Mm-hmm. Look what it does. Look what it can be. And in the midst of your trial and your suffering, you can actually have joy and rejoicing." Now that's a good piece of news, mm-hmm. right? I love that. I think that's great. I mean, I love that you talked about the causative word. Mm-hmm. That the same one who said, take up your mat, rise and walk, is the same one that said, Let there be light. Mm-hmm. And that the word made flesh is the one who has a word. And now that is a reminder to us that these are not these are not fables written by a dude named Aesop. Right. Th- not with a moral at the end of the story. This is introducing us to the person that is the gospel, and I love that how you tease that out. God spoke creation into
0: existence, and here He is speaking recreation yes. into existence. Yeah, and and the word rose, uh, He rose, took up His mat and walked, right in in full view of them all. As they said, we have never seen anything like this.
1: So if He can do that, yeah. He must also be able to do that. Mm-hmm. If He can tell this guy to get, then He must also be able to say. You are forgiven, and that's why he says,
0: "I'm going to do it," right? Which is a, it's, a, it's sort of a distinction to be made between when he was led to the top of the church and told, told to jump off that the angels would catch him to capture this kingdom now with awe, with shock and awe. Mm-hmm. He said, "I won't do that," but when he but but he uses healing under the superintention of God to reveal His power. Yeah. that then by laying it down. Mm-hmm. He he becomes the suffering servant. You're right, and I think that that's that was the real question to say which is easier. What he's really saying is is it easier to wield power like the like they're doing with their law, right? They're leveraging the law of God for their own individual power, which constructs. is an old kingdom. Ethic. Method, yeah. Right. And now that's being upended by a suffering servant who is saying, for me to say, forgive, I forgive your sins, I'm going to have to be their forgiveness. Mm. And to be their forgiveness, I'm going to have to lay down the power. And the glory of God is not shown in power exerted, but power given up.
1: Mm. Now, all of that is not so that we know more about Jesus, but that we look at him and we love him. And we love him increasingly, right? But we
0: love him from an entire—this is the thing, and this is where it's going to get with Matthew, is that he says uh, he goes to his house, mm-hmm. and he gets on—to in- to love Jesus, not to know about him, but to love him is to, is to allow him, his heart, to replace yours. Yeah. Because absent Christ, we have a heart of stone. With Christ, we have a heart of responsiveness. We have a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. And that is that cannot be altered once we are his— if we would but remember daily. Right. So here he says then, he goes on to the calling of Levi, which is Matthew. Uh, <laughs> and, and, he, and he he tells Matthew, uh, who is sitting, right, at the tax booth, presumably in the same measure of death that the paralytic sits. Right? Right. I mean, he is he equally cap- paralyzed. They're equally paralyzed. And cut and off. And capitulating to... Rome. I mean, I say. I think I said this is Matthew is the personification of the person that says, if you can't beat him, join him and get paid. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And Jesus sees that as evidence of uh, and the stink of and the rot of systemic death. Yeah. And so he says to him, just like the paralytic get up and follow me and he rises the word says he rose and follows so now we have something like resurrection life mm-hmm. through through Jesus' causative word occurring in people
1: well it's interesting to me that you've got these two vignettes these two little episodes side by side you've got a guy who is powerless paralyzed cut off and yet he's brought to Jesus by four people who are unnamed we don't know anything about these four guys mm-hmm. that lower him through the mm-hmm. roof but in Matthew's case you got Jesus who goes right to the, where this guy is nobody brings him to Jesus Jesus goes to him is there a is there something instructive about those two things being side by side that there are times when people are brought to Jesus there are times when Jesus seeks them out directly we can't can <laughs> mm-hmm. the introduction to Christ he works marvelously mysteriously how, I mean, how do you, well, it, does how do you say, that? it does say
0: a large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. Mm-hmm. So I believe that there is a second time now where a crowd is present and he wants to show resurrection power. And the first time he does it, it's physically. I mm-hmm. can heal the physical paralytic. Now there's a nationalistic aspect.
1: Okay, good. Because yeah. Matthew
0: is capitulating to Rome mm-hmm. and the, the crowds are wanting first and foremost to be free of Rome. To be free right. of the imperial, uh, sure. you know, thing—the domination, the oppression—and so he sees his he sees his chance in Matthew to show the resurrection power that he can extricate from from the death of the false premise that the nationalistic hope bears any fruit.
1: Mm, that's good. It's interesting that the scribes, the lawgivers, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law had been no good and no help to the paralytic. In fact, they had merely become an instrument of his shame, his death and Mm -hmm. Mm cut-offedness. And the same with Matthew. That's right. The teachers of the law, the scribes, the Pharisees, not only were they no good to him, they were an exacerbator Mm -hmm. of his death Mm -hmm. separation. And Mm -hmm. so Jesus goes to the ends of the physical ailment. Mm -hmm. He goes to the end of the national social ailment. In other words, there's no sin beyond the heart of Christ. That's right,
0: and that's really good news. And the next thing he's going to do when he's questioned about fasting is he's going to yeah. go to the spiritualistic. Yes, element. good. So yeah. he's. I mean, this is a. This is a. What, what should we say? Like whole health uh, kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. There, there are so many facets of a human being. Mm-hmm. There are so we are multifaceted people with predicaments that are beyond our. R- 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 beyond our capacity to even understand. We right. need Jesus to get on the inside. Because and, he understands it. Because he understands yep. it. Begin, get on the inside and illuminate to us our idols. Mm. Illuminate to us the death, right, that he might bring life. And so He, he, he now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked <laughs> Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Well, that's important because John's John's disciples are doing... Uh, are still under the law, even though they've they've repented of what? What are they repenting of? What, what does John call them to repent of?
1: Well, in a very particular sense, John's call to repentance was the nation of Israel not being the covenant community, the messianic people. And so there's a to turn from that, abandon, abandon the latter. Right. The attempt to achieve and ascend... Abandon that,
0: but John wasn't saying uh, the he wasn't saying to the people stop fasting. No, stop, uh, stop offering your sacrifices. Yeah. Sacrifices. He was not doing away with the sacrificial system. Not yet. It, it was wasn't Christ a, that would do that, right, right? Right. But he was preparing the way by repentance. So this, the assumption is, is by the by the well, not even the assumptions, but they're continuing on in these religious ways that Christ is saying, now that I am here. These ways, which were meant to prepare you to see me, mm-hmm. see me, right? You don't need them anymore, right? I'm here now, yeah. And so, I mean, and, and it, I was talking to Andrew earlier. He said something you said on Sunday. He said, you said that pa- that fasting has a uh, a benefit. Right. That that it is to make clear what is not clear, to somehow lift a veil, to cause you to uh, stop satiating your anxiety with food for a time so that you can actually come to deal with this discontent or this lack of clarity that's within you. Does it have does it is it useful? I said, yes. He said, can it be instructed? I said, no. As soon as you make fasting a program, you're in the land of law.
1: (laughs) <laughs> that's
0: why you're not supposed to talk about it. Right. And that's why you don't want to encourage anybody to do it, right? In a way, I mean Jesus is saying like these are hidden mysteries that that is somewhere somewhere down deep in your heart that you know, hey, for a time, I got to set this thing aside because God has made it known to me that it is blocking my sight of him. Hmm. So, he's not saying fasting is no good. What he's saying is I'm here. You only fast to in the future to to hear from me and in the past to to you know they fasted to hear from me but now i'm here so let's party so let's listen and listen yeah and and get caught up with me uh, and
1: so, so in other words yeah even though we're a fallen species that loves us some formula mm-hmm. we love us some policy and procedure jesus says no, no 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 it's a gospel it's right. a good story it's an announcement I'm a person. If you t- if you try to attach something to this
0: gospel, there's diminishment, and thus you lose it. It'll break. It won't. It's not what it's. You're you're by definition uh, uh, negating mm. the value of the good news by seeking to attach something in an effort to get the good news that you already have. Right. It's you're, a futile predicament. You said it to on Sunday,
1: You said it on Sunday wonderfully. It's just, and I don't remember exact yeah. verbiage, but it was essentially you are yet again on a treadmill of missing the point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which let me pause for a moment in in all pastoral uh, empathy sure man i think that describes with no derision intended nothing derogatory implied the the treadmill of missing the point is the siren song of christendom mm. That calls us to a moralistic behavior modification mindset. That it's just a treadmill, you, or, or worse, you're treading water, and it's exhausting. You never actually get anywhere, but you're flapping your arms and kicking your legs because that's what you've been told to do, and you're about to drown. And so you're just kicking. But
0: and, it and it, 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 it exhausts
1: people. Yeah, yeah, because
0: because what it 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 takes all the oomph out of the good news. Right. It's only like kind of good news which is no good news at all that's right it's got to be fully sufficient and so we see jesus answering them saying hey look and i love uh i think it was stanley harawas that says jesus is not a new moses right okay we know that moses is a deliverer and to be sure jesus is a deliverer but jesus is a final deliverer and i think that's that's the thing that moses delivered but they they weren't delivered fully and not finally Mm -hmm. And,
1: and, and so, just like fasting, Moses is yet another finger pointing to the sun. Yes, and, and an important type mm-hmm. or a preparation for, or a pointing to. But Jesus wasn't Moses. Mm-hmm. Jesus was so much more. And this is what all these little vignettes are telling us. So the idea of fasting. Well, go ahead. He talks Hello, about the it false.
0: With, this is the third of uh, a fo- a fourth of the false ways to salvation. This is this now is a legalistic. Now, because because they're talking about the Sabbath. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. I also said it was interesting that it doesn't say a couple of days later or just then they went out into the grain fields. It's almost like wedged into these, uh, between uh, these vignettes is the space of time where Jesus actually may have rested. Yeah, oh, for sure. And so if he rested, because he rested in the Father, he, that's the way he can offer us rest. And so... Now, it's just one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples walk along him, they begin to pick heads of grain. Now, what's helpful is to know that in that day and age, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but disciples did not do things that their rabbis did not do. Generally, yeah. So, yeah. you know, it could have been that Jesus was a little hungry, he just picked off the grains and ate them, because he knows that he is the rest, mm-hmm. that he's not trying to get rest by not doing anything, he is rest personified, and so pick grains don't pick grains what me worry but these but these <laughs> right? and these disciples are just following the cues of their rabbi you know or they're so caught up in the truth of his teaching and the ease that he, that he's giving them that they've become completely forgetful of all those strictures that they used to be told if you don't do this you don't have god wouldn't that be nice
1: right to just live being the will of god not trying to accomplish the will of God. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a nuanced, fine, fine line, but there's a humongous difference there. Just following in the footsteps of your rabbi, yeah. going, I don't have to concentrate so fully on what I'm supposed to do. It's whose I am. We oftentimes
0: look at uh, the fruits of the spirit, and we should, but we should also remember that those are the spirit's fruits, no, no doubt, right? Yeah, they're not something you can gin up. Yeah. But there's also, and and they put it, they put together in the book Law and Gospel by Mockingbird. They talk about the fruits of uh, the fruits of the gospel and so they say things like ease mm-hmm. sense of humor mm-hmm. humility other you know focused on others sure. these are fruits of the gospel and it, and it's it, so it's like when the when they're just casually walking along caught up in the presence of God mm-hmm. because Jesus is with them, they have a sense of ease. They're not worried about laws that would keep them, should, am I, should I, I don't know if I should or not. They don't even ask. The, the scripture doesn't say, Jesus, can we pick this uh, grain? You know, They're not even, they, they just feel a freedom in his presence. Yeah. And that
1: is really, really beautiful. And it's intoxicating. Yeah. And it's what, we, it's what we hope for all of our brothers and sisters. We say it all the time. Yeah. Jesus seems to be saying, if you see me do it, it's okay for you to do. Mm. Including go to the cross, mm. right? Yeah. So yes, he's our Lord and Savior in a lot of ways, and it's sort of been shot full of holes, but he is also exemplar mm-hmm. because he is a big brother. He's not just Lord and Savior, although that would be enough. He is also exemplary in a lot of the way that gospel writers narrate and elucidate his life and ministry. You go, oh, that's very, very different than what these teachers of the law and the scribes and the Pharisees were doing, oh, it is up in it, because we still have the tendency to live on ladders. Yeah,
0: and that's why to, to be risen in new life it must proceed walking. Mm. You know, with the paralytic and Matthew, and in the lives of these disciples who are walking with Jesus, free of the law, what you have is resurrection, new life occurring in the presence and by the power of Jesus that that empowers their walk.
1: Yeah, what did you say? You can't you can't actually walk until you I forgot how he said it. I said, said
0: don't don't try to follow Christ without new life. There
1: you go. That's that's fantastic. So and I and I said that that's
0: out. what I grew up doing. Mm. That's what I grew up thinking that Christ was a model and that for me to know how to act in life, I just needed to look at Jesus. Mm. But the problem is is that's the
1: gospel. Right. It, that, so not merely a model, because he is also Lord he is and also Savior.
0: Lord and Savior, but it's only new life that helps you to realize and and cre- and, and, and live into the distinction that what he does, you know, it's, it's that, remember the old uh, wristbands, uh, WWJD? <laughs> JD.
1: Yeah.
0: I think that that is a, that's, that they might as well be shackles, <laughs> right? That almost should be a shackle on people because uh, it really should be WWJD, uh, J D or DJ, what did Jesus do? I got that all backwards. What did Jesus do? <laughs> you because, sunk my battleship. Because yeah. it's, the, it's the indicative that empowers the imperative.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I grew up thinking, uh, I don't need salvation. I just need to look at Jesus, and my acting will be in and of itself salvation. Oh,
1: man. Okay, so this is outside mm-hmm. of the scope immediately yeah. of this passage, yeah. but it isn't. It's mm-hmm. actually, I think, reflective of and revelatory of this passage. There's the old tension in the church for the last 2000 years and Mm -hmm. this is one of those unanswerable questions except that I think there's an actual (laughs) answer. The question is does obedience lead to knowing God or does knowing God lead to obedience? Now how you answer that question will generally determine your denomination, your whole trajectory of spiritual life. Mm -hmm. What Jesus seems to be saying and I love that you've teased that out Mm -hmm. is that knowing God produces obedience, produces the fruit of the spirit and of the gospel, certainly. That is very threatening to a great many people who are believers, but who are in still shackles, confines of, no, I have to be good. I have to obey, 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 obey. And that term obedience gets sort of perverted into accomplishment, achievement, self-will, strength, all of these things Jesus is saying, "No, no, no, no! Don't you see? I've freed you from that."
0: I love that Jesus was reclining at the table of Matthew, mm. and they were reclining as well. Absolutely, his ease
1: yeah. leads to their ease. When I had a mentor used to say, because I was in a very small group of, of some guys, and one of the guys was kvetching a bit, saying, "Gosh." I feel so bad. I'm just so tired. His wife had just had a baby. Mm-hmm. They weren't sleeping. He said, "I just feel so bad. I'm just so tired. I didn't even get up and have my quiet time this morning." Mm-hmm. And by the way, we were meeting at like six a.m. Mm-hmm. and he was <coughs> kvetching that he hadn't gotten up earlier, yeah. having had no sleep to have a quiet time. And I remember my this, our friend saying, yeah. "Hey, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap.
0: Yeah, let like, go of the let go of your need. Oh my goodness, what is your perceived need? Because that's that's." That's tantamount to uh, you know Jacob Marley with the chains. You right, know. right. Jesus didn't save you to worry about how good you're being. Right. Right. And some of us seek to prove that Jesus was right to save us. Whoa. Oh, which is
1: that'll preach. You know. And that'll that'll ruffle a feather or three. So yeah. And it
0: and it it, it, it is so off putting to people. Uh, that, like I said, in I was. You know, Megan was like, you might want to tease this out or whatever. I said something about when, when talking about Jesus reclining, being at ease with tax collectors and sinners. Mm-hmm. I said, I've had some very good times with drug dealers <laughs> and counterculture freaks and yeah. people that would not darken the door of a church. Because in their mind's eye, Hippocrates is mm-hmm. everywhere. Hypocrisy is everywhere because it's full of people trying to be good, which inevitably leads to. To self-righteousness
1: yeah and that's okay too it is jesus loves those people it, too. it is it and is so we go that's right come one come all come from that from that sector of society come from that sector of society yes jesus is the answer for all of it which is why i love that you have these vignettes to put together to go well, look yeah. at all the different sectors that he encounters here so you've talked about the sabbath you've talked about the fasting and then he takes us into, still in Capernaum, right? Mm-hmm. In the beginning of chapter three? The shriveled hand. Come on. Oh my gosh.
0: So now he's in the synagogue. He keeps, he keeps upping his uh, law, uh, his non law abiding, his, his law breaking. He's upping the ante. Now he's in the Sabbath, in a synagogue, on the Sabbath, in a synagogue, and everyone again is looking around going, is he going to do what he does? <laughs> because he can't do what he does when he can't do what he does. Right. But the question Unless for, he's above it. Again, there are people that are predisposed to think Jesus only heals people that are good. Mm. Uh, Jesus will only. You know, it's like if. if, if and, and, and what I love about this is this he says, he, st- he says, stand up in front of everyone. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hands Ooh. stand up in front of everyone, rise. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So just by, again, the rising happens first, and the healing flows out of the rising. Healing flows out of the resurrection. Then Jesus asked him, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil? If you have good and you withhold it, you are doing evil.
1: Right. See, also, Jesus half-brother James writing precisely that. That's right. So, yeah. And you're
0: you're a whitewashed tomb because you're saying you're doing good, but you're actually doing evil Mm -hmm. by withholding the good from another. They remained silent. <laughs> yeah. I, love, I love where he says they remain silent because it's like here's Jesus saying. What, will, what was going to be more costly for me to say, say, I say to you. All of this saying, speaking, and they cannot. They are mute. They are silenced as the demons mm-hmm. in a sense here by Jesus' causative word. Don't
1: you figure it too? I mean, yeah. so let's, let's, let's get real world setting here for a yeah. second. And I know we got to land this plane. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot going on here from setting and scene. Jesus has this guy stand up. He knows what he's going to do. If I say to you, stretch out your hand, and nothing happens, boy, that's a huge pie in the face. Yeah. That's a bunch of just, uh-oh, uh, wah-wah-wah, but Jesus has no fear of that, right? At the same time, Jesus asks these this question, and you get the sense, at least I do, as I'm, as I'm watching the movie that Mark is writing here, right? You get the sense that Jesus asks the question, and you almost hear everyone's thoughts go yeah you know what that's I've always wondered that and I don't know the answer to that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there is a there is a an unrest a frustration with an old kingdom ethic that we all sort of know intuitively somehow it doesn't work and so he asks the question and I think part of the silence is hey yeah that's I've always wondered that it never has worked mm-hmm. and, the, and that unsettledness I think totally pulls the rug out from under the scribes and the Pharisees because their whole construct of control is now beginning to crack and to, mm-hmm. to, crack and to, mm-hmm. and to quiver. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I I loved how you handled it on Sunday. I'd love for you to stretch
0: out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. By the way, it doesn't say once he stretched it out, it was restored. It's restored in the stretching. Mm. And, and like... We are—I I forget who wrote it. We are blind men reaching for the light mm. in the dark, right? I mean, all of us. Mm-hmm. And so, this idea of stretching out is—is is faith itself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That you're—that you're saying, as I as I am in my Bible studies, as I endure my cross, as I come to corporate worship, as I uh, serve my wife and, or, or love my husband when they don't seem servable or they don't seem yeah. lovable, that, that that we are the body stretching itself out in faith. Mm-hmm. And in the stretching, we experience the restoration.
1: Yeah, And I
0: just, I, I love that because uh, it's it's so pregnant with possibility mm. and 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 that's with god all things are possible and so it's like when he's doing this it's it's there's this physical manifestation of a spiritual reality and and so for me that's when i when i saw the with when i when i talk about the withered hand i think about it like jesus is he's having him stretch out the hand but in the very same time what is happening is he's going on to the cross right mm. these scribes are seeing it's it's like he goes this way for us but at this or, or, or he takes us this way but he's decreasing and then it circled me back to the very beginning where it said the four men were dropping the paralytic down okay. and I said okay at this point in, in Mark Jesus has four people with him he has Peter Andrew James and John mm-hmm. and they are t- they first take him to the mother-in-law's house mm-hmm. and then all the crowds come and then the four men lower the paralytic down and I said Jesus is the paralytic. Mm. He's not the paralytic in that he's that he's lifeless and without power, but he is being lowered down, giving away all yeah. that he has, giving away his power that others may have it. And then I said, "Oh my gosh, Jesus is the withered hand. Jesus is the Sabbath. Mm. Jesus is the fasting. He has no ha- place to lay his head. You know, he's he doesn't he turns away when the when the gall is in the vinegar or whatever it is is offered him. I mean, Jesus is becoming the curse." in their midst.
1: Bingo. The despised national betrayer mm-hmm. of Levi, Matthew, mm-hmm. Jesus becomes all of our worst nightmares. Mm-hmm. I think you did a great job of teasing all those things out. It's a wonderful, quick Mark-like yeah, yeah. putting together all of these wonderful little beads as he weaves the, the gospel, the good news that the king is coming. He will come again. And in the meantime, there is life, there is joy, there is rest in the midst of suffering. He didn't come to kick out Rome. and Whatever we might be thinking about our current day and age in the 21st mm-hmm. century, Jesus hasn't come to obliterate whatever social construct you find distasteful. Yeah, But to have life in the midst of it and joy and rejoicing in the midst of it.
0: But, I, but there's this way uh, that he is, first from the physical to the nationalistic, spiritualistic, legalistic, he is disabusing us of our false paths to mm. salvation. And it, wasn't that not proleptic? What's the word when you uh, when you f- get to God by saying not what he is, but what he is not?
1: Oh, apathetic. An yeah.
0: apathetic approach that's very rabbinical,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: but yet perfectly rabbinical in, mm-hmm. in the perfect rabbi that is Christ. I and mean, he is leading these people to say, you're holding on to something that is only producing death. Mm. So let go of it
1: wow. and have the life that I'm giving. Which is easy to say Ooh. to all those other people out there. <laughs> Until you realize, oh, what am I holding on that's really Mm -hmm. only producing death? Mm -hmm. That's hard, but Mm -hmm. this text frees us from that. That's Mm good. Hey, thank you for watching and or listening. We'll keep this conversation going this coming Sunday. Third floor, second floor, first floor, Bethel Bible Church, downtown Tyler, Texas. Hope to see you there. God bless. Bye. Bye now.